This is the Matters of Influence podcast, creating awareness and alignment today to become your best self tomorrow. With your hosts, Debbie Frapp and Terry Foster Nowland. Okay, we're live. Hello, Debbie. Hello, Terry, and your beautiful guests that we have today, our beautiful guests that we have today. Hi, Tara. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Tara Hill. We'll talk more about her in just a minute. Welcome yeah. to the Matters of Influence. I think this is our first live recorded yeah. podcast. Yeah, it is. Live is had We had guests, but this is live. Yeah, cool. I like it. So we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We've decided we're going to go ahead and post this and then we'll drop it as a podcast later yep. because we have so many others that are lined up in order to bring you guys some value. And we've got it where we typically cannot see people or hear people that are logging in. So we're going to go from here. And today we are going to talk about um, while we're remote being healthy at home and we're going to give some background on that. Um, you know, we've been talking about Debbie leading in uncertain times or mm. leading through uncertainty. And I think we've focused on leading in uncertainty with others more than we have focused on leading in uncertain times with ourselves. Yeah, very true. And um, we can't really lead others if we don't take care of ourselves first. So I think this is really timely. And, you know, I don't know about you, but it's definitely something that I've been seeing that people have been struggling with. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, and they're very, like, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm tired. I mm -hmm. like, I like I'm exhausted and, and I've heard that. And so I think it's really important that we cover this topic today. And how do we, how do we keep our um, how do we keep ourselves healthy and lead ourselves through uncertainty? I think that's Ab absolutely important. And there's varying degrees of discomfort right now or uncertainty. So mm -hmm. we've got people that are three and a half weeks into this. We've got some people that are two weeks. Some are like still working and going in and out of the offices that they're in yep. if they're yep. by themselves. So there's just varying degrees out there. And I had so many people this past week say, how do you ever get this under control? How do you get that schedule under control? And yeah. first of all, respecting everybody where they are. And there are people, uh, Tara's one of them. There are people that are at home and they've got children at home. And yep. there are people that are at home and uh, distance-based learning has start started this week <laughs> in many areas across the country. Oh. So I can't even fathom being a parent that's working and their children need a device to be doing yeah. their distance-based learning on. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, that's part of the reason why we're going to do this call. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's jump in. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about being at home and staying healthy or others might call it leading from home or, um, lead from wherever you are. There are some people that are literally in their garages working um, because <laughs> yes. the family seriously because the family yep. is inside had one of those this morning yep and so i think that there are some basic things that we can cover that most people might go um you know that's simple that's simple and we have chosen to have tara hill on today and yes tara is my amazing daughter 
And I watched um, this young lady do gymnastics from, I don't know, she cried for with tap and ballet. And so I had to find her something else to do. <laughs> and um, so we found a 30 minute a week gymnastic program at the local Y and <clears throat> the rest is history. So um, you talk about a disciplined life. She knows this and Debbie, I know you know this, but I respect athletes tremendously yeah. and yeah. you don't understand it until you watch it. And so much mm -hmm. of it is nothing more than the sport. It's not the sport. It's what the sport gives you. Yeah. And Tara, what did you end up getting your degree in at the university of Missouri? My degree was called nutrition and fitness. So at some schools it would be like um, a nutrition and exercise science degree. Okay. It, Tara, um, you know, did get into gymnastics when she was tiny. No joke. Not that she's not tiny now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we didn't realize the extent for her to um, fall in love with a, spo a sport took up a great deal of her life. In fact, by the time that she got into high school, Terry, you were in the gym like 30 hours a week, weren't you? Yep. Wow. And she drove herself to the gym you, and sometimes became a carpool, the carpool queen when she was driving in and back. And she would literally get up, go to gym, go to school, go to gym, come home and would sit at our kitchen breakfast bar and have her dinner and do her homework. And this, this is also a child who was very intelligent um, and in some AP classes. And I kept thinking, man, one of these days through all these injuries that she went through too, I'm thinking this is just not going to happen. And lo and behold, she ended up at the University of Missouri with some of the most amazing mentors and coaches um, that uh, she was able to do her, have a college career in gymnastics there. And um, D1 athlete, so proud of her, so proud of her. But along with that, I think is probably where she learned most of her life's lessons, wouldn't yeah. you say, Tara? Yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned, and um, that's kind of where I found my passion for um, exercise and making it a lifestyle and things that I personally went through through my career. And um, I learned a lot leading up to it, but I think you grow a lot when you're in college and it forces you to be away from your family. So um, yeah, I learned a lot there and met my husband there and all that stuff, yeah. so it was good. Mm -hmm. And we're thankful for that. Um, now, what, what is your, you, you've got your degree and then <clears throat> you also had to get a certification in order to take you into what you do now, which um, is, you know, personal training and fitness. And so what was the certification that you actually attached to yourself in order to be able to do that? Um, it's a certification. It's just called certified personal trainer, but it was through, um, ACSM, which is the American College of Sports and Medicine. Um, that's what a lot of my classes throughout college, um, the books were based from the American College of Sports and Medicine. So I went that route. It's definitely a more like clinical based mm -hmm. um, certification for training than some of the others out there. They're all good, um, but that's just the route I chose to go with because it was a little more familiar to me. Yeah. So, you know, some of these things, Tara will be able to chime in on, Debbie, that you and I are going to talk about. And I think the most, the biggest part is going to come in when we talk about creating a schedule for yourself. Yeah. So many people are right now, this is about discipline. 
Would that yes. be the word you would use, discipline? It's the word I would use because what, what you just talked about with, with, uh, with what Tara went through, if you didn't have the discipline and the tenacity um, to, you know, and I'm sure that there were times where, um, you know, Tara, you woke up in the morning and you didn't want to go to the gym. Uh, you didn't want to go work out. And definitely when you got home, you didn't want to sit and do homework. Um, and yet there was a bigger purpose that was attached to that. And you, you had something on the other side of it. And so I think, you know, discipline, the mindset piece, um, having a clear purpose, I think all of that is wrapped up in that. And I think we can learn a lot from seeing athletes like what Tara did and how she got through that. And we can take those lessons and apply them in our own life. Yes, that was, um, you know, as an athlete, it may be, um, you know, out of the norm for what we might experience in our day-to-day -day life. And yet the lessons and the mindset and the discipline are all the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, um, I think too, it starts very simply. Um, you may be in a different environment. You're still working. That's, yeah. that's what I'm experiencing. And that's right. Debbie, like you and I, um, working from home like we do for the bigger part of our week. Yeah. We, we, I've learned a lot from Debbie. In fact, um, you know, when you have an office inside of your home or you designate an office, you need to call it what it is. Yep. And um, Debbie got real creative when she <laughs> actually moved from, from an office home. And it's really ringing home for me right now because it was an environmental thing. I actually have an office where I can close the doors and I can hear everything going on outside of me. And not that I don't go in and out of this room during the day to get things to drink or eat or, you know, talk to Tara or whatever it is. When I close these doors at night, I'm so in tune that when I walk out of here, I'm not going back to that computer. That's right. And if I do, right. I'm probably going to get a little upset. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now you, you had to design your own office. So tell them, functionality wise, which you had to do. Well, part of it was, is that um, I'd always said that I wasn't somebody that could work from home very well. And mm -hmm. part of it had to do with, because I would step over, you know, pile of towels or something. I'm like, Oh, let me go do the towels. And then now I'm not working. Now I'm doing stuff at home. Um, and that's why I kind of always said, I, I'm not very good at working from home. I need an environment so that when I go there, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I don't get distracted from all of the other things. Then came a time where I really didn't have a choice. I, I needed, well, I shouldn't say that. We always have choices. Um, I, I lost the, the space that I had at, the, at the, um, the market center, the Keller Williams office where I was at. Um, somebody else needed to use it. And so I came home, not understanding, am I going to do this permanently? I had a room that I could have used as an office, an extra bedroom. And I felt claustrophobic in there. Um, it was not conducive mm -hmm. to my energy. It was like I was miserable. So I turned my dining room into my office. Um, I, it, when, when the kids come home now, the, the first time that they came home, they're like, where are we going to eat? And I said, outside. We're going <laughs> to eat outside. <laughs> I eat most of my meals outside when, when the weather's good. And if the weather is not good, then, then you know, I'm accommodating, but I needed to be able to stand, but I needed to see my backyard um, has got some of my passion back there, my gardening and my flowers, and uh, I love to be outside. And so I needed to be able to see that, that fed me the energy that I needed. So I transformed my dining room into my office. Um, 
And the good news is, is that when family does come home and like it's for Thanksgiving and so forth, then my office gets converted back to a dining room. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's very easily done. And I live alone. So it works for me. Um, now, what it meant was, is that I couldn't have stuff sitting on my kitchen counter that I can see from the dining room. That needed to be cleared. Um, but that's what I did. And, and it is my office. And everybody knows it's my office. I have a walking uh, treadmill underneath my desk that um, so I can walk uh, as I'm standing. I do have a chair. The chair is on the is on the end of the desk because I don't usually sit. I'm usually either standing or I'm walking on the treadmill uh, while I'm doing the, while I'm doing the coaching. I'm standing right now. So, are you walking? I'm not walking. I'm not walking. Okay. Now, what was fun? Now I I have this a Zoom virtual background. I didn't use it uh, today. This is this is my my real background, uh, but I have a virtual background of where I have the beach behind me. And, you know, uh, people are kind of uh, anxious a little bit during these times. And so I would turn on the treadmill and it looked like I was walking on the beach. <laughs> so I, I just said to everybody, come join me. Let's take a walk. Let's take a walk on the beach. I've got to like put the beach background in my back and mine. Yeah, try that it was fun. every now and then. It was fun. Oh my but, gosh. But environment makes a difference. And I guess that's the thing that I want people, you know, you've got to have a space to where it's decided that this is what happens here. This is my work. And even though I can see my desk and so forth, uh, like if I'm in my living room or I go by it, I don't, I don't work. It's like, nope, that area is designed for when I'm working and I don't use it for anything else. Well, and I think, you know, kind of what you're saying and what we're hearing is when people can't separate their life out, if you're going to work inside of a certain four walls and you're not physically driving somewhere in the morning, I used to, I used to make a joke that, yeah, I've got a long drive to work um, from my mm -hmm. kitchen to my office kind of thing. It doesn't take me yeah. long. People are starting to understand how much time they're getting back in driving. Sure. Absolutely. Like they're getting their drive yeah. time back. And right. I think it's even causing a little more um, work disorientation yeah. along that's creating the emotional um, yeah. disorientation with what mm -hmm. they're doing. I don't know any other way to say it. And they can't separate their life from their work. So your example of stepping over laundry, my mm -hmm. example of if I walk in my kitchen to get something to drink and I see something out on the cabinets, I just want to pick it all up. And yep. I really just have to be yep. disciplined yep. to like, no, stay on yeah. your headpiece and move back where yep. you got to go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what we're dealing with. So there's some basic things we're going to talk about along with, so create a space, call yep. it your space. And Debbie, yep. when you and I were talking, I think it was last week, you mentioned like, if you go to your couch with your laptop to work, yeah, your brain is confused. Yep. Right? Yep. Say a right. little bit more about that. Well, we, we've got to have boundaries of, of and, and that's one of the things that I think people are, are struggling with, right, is we need to have uh, boundaries of the physical space. And if we take, um, it was one of the things that I used to do a long time ago. I would take my computer, like, and I'd do a little bit of work while I was in bed. And I was wondering why I was having difficulty sleeping. And my brain was confused because if I use my computer to work and then my living room or my bedroom is designed to sleep and to rest or to uh, have conversations and to be, this is, you know, this is my social time. The brain starts going, wait a minute, what are we doing here? We're, we're in the wrong space and environment because we don't have any boundaries. And I know that sounds weird, but we've got to, um, certain environments tell us that Tara, you can probably attest to this. When you walk in the gym, you 
you know what's expected of you and your brain probably already starts releasing chemicals to where it's like, I'm walking into the gym and it's time I'm going to use my muscles. And your body already starts adjusting to that because your brain starts telling you that's what's about to happen. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can attest to that for the gym, for what I, I can still remember, like the feeling of walking into like practice and knowing yeah. like I'm here I'm about to practice like right. this amount of time. But I can also attest to your brain being confused because just yesterday I sat down with my laptop while the kids napped to do what work I do for my mom and I was downloading the multi-year trends and all the stuff and I literally fell asleep while doing that and Mark started <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> so it's it's true. <laughs> yeah, your brain thought it was time for a nap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we just have to understand how our that we need to have these boundaries because we get we create patterns in our brain and and neural pathways are connected and when we're working at home and, and now we've got an environment where we don't know where personal life ends and begins and when work ends and begins, we just get really confused. So we can start talking to our kids as if we would talk, we were talking to a coworker. That may not work. Uh, no. You may start talking to a coworker like you were talking to one of your kids. That might not work either. Um, and, and so we just need to have, we need to have boundaries and transition time. That's another thing that I think is really Ooh. important. Yeah. Um, we need to have that time of transition to say, cause think about it. You mentioned drive time. Uh, a lot of times on the drive time, we were transitioning from, okay, I'm leaving the office now and I'm going home. And once you get home, you were going to be in, in our case, mom mode or life mode or whatever that looked like. Right. It was like your drive time was that transition. Well, Terry, you just made a point. It's like, that's now 30 seconds from walking from one room to another room. Mm -hmm. uh, or depending upon where your space is set up, mm -hmm. um, I, have, I have a transition time, even though it's like, it's like I've got one big room. I've, I've got, I mean, my living room's right there and it, it, like everything is right here, but I have a transition time. It's like I go through a process when I close the computer and it's like, mm -hmm. that's the signal to the brain. I'm, I'm off work. I'm not working. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. And right now people can't just go escape. You can't just go to the gym nope. after work and leave. Nope. Um, you nope. either have to go walk or you, you yep. have to create a transition. That's great. Yep. I wrote that down to yep. finish as we finish because we've talked about boundaries, which could be space, yep. you know, really setting up where you're going to be, where you go to work so that your brain understands you're going to work. And mm -hmm. then the transition time creating, what does that need to look like for me? Yep. Tara, don't sit in the chair with your laptop anymore. And then <laughs> I think, I think now, you know, because you can move into feelings of being over challenged or under challenged in your environment that you're mm -hmm. in. And I think you need to be aware of that. Um, so let's just cover some quick, some quick tips that might cover rhythm. I kind of like that word. Mm -hmm. Let's cover, okay. let's cover some tips that might create a rhythm and um, then we'll let Tara talk some, huh? Okay. Um, so one thing would be going to bed on time. Yep. Um, it is, this is something I still do no matter what time I need to be up in the morning. I still get up at the same time. There are mornings I would still like to sleep, but I pretty much wake up before the alarm clock goes off. Mm -hmm. um, I just know when I'm supposed to wake up and there are mornings where I've had too much and I just let myself sleep in. So I don't want to over exaggerate that, but be in a rhythm with bed, like going yeah. to bed and getting up. Yep. Stay in the same rhythm so that when you go back to the outside world, that rhythm wasn't all messed up right. because it will be just like when you go on vacation Yeah, and you come back. Yeah. Right. Kind of the same thing. 
I've got a, I've got a friend of mine. Uh, well, she's a mutual friend of ours, Terry. And, uh, you know, she's in a, she has a discipline of making her bed every day. And yeah. even when we're at the hotel, she makes her bed. And I was just like, I asked her about that one day. I said, you know, we're at a hotel, right? You don't have to make your bed. And she goes, yeah, I got to make my bed. I, I got, that's part of my discipline about what I do in the morning. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not making mine. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. I'm not going to let Tara tell any stories right now about that. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Okay. I understand that. So that's one area. Yeah. Just make sure you're going to bed on time and you're getting up on time. Um, that's right. Yeah. Keep your normal, effective routine. So whatever was normal, effective, or in my world might be OCD routines, keep them. Okay. And then this sounds funny, but, uh, you know, get up and get dressed. We mm -hmm. might be, I mean, you have to be dressed too, right? But put your makeup on if you're a woman, you know, whatever you would do normally. Whatever you normally you do. On, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you don't put on, if you put on heels every day, I'm not going to suggest you do that at home. Um, but just <laughs> get, uh, what do we want to say? Physically ready. Yeah. I guess that's the way. Yeah. To be present to be presentable we've yeah. seen all kinds of things on zoom calls lately yep. yes we have. Uh, we were talking about one earlier mm -hmm. that could have happened and mm -hmm. you you know just be real careful I, I have to say that one of the the things that mom taught me that we laugh about now but it is so true being in the real estate industry and not knowing what your day may end up being mm -hmm. get up and be ready get up, mm -hmm. get ready. And then if you have to clean house, clean house, but right. get this all ready. There we go. And, um, a lot of that, she was probably trying to tell me to get my mind ready. And yeah. I wasn't seeing it like that. I was seeing it as a beauty thing. And yeah, that's no, not to be is, prepared, right? To be prepared yeah. for whatever may happen because you got to, and even in the fact that most of us are working from home and we're now doing zooms, mm -hmm. you don't know when you've got a zoom call that you got to jump on. And if you're not ready, right. To do that. Yep. Your brain missed the cue. If yep. you don't get ready, your brain missed the cue about what you're getting ready to do that day. About being prepared. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, your environment. Um, and then this is something I've been using for the past week. Set three goals a day. Yep. And yep. I have to thank our pastor, Craig Rochelle, for bringing this on his last podcast because um, it really cued me into going, so what are the three most important things that you could accomplish today that would make you feel powerful? Yep. And so I've got that written on my desk. Okay, what mm -hmm. are the three things? Mm -hmm. And what are the three things that if you just did those, yep. you just said you had a really great day. Absolutely. And um, that's been working. And it can start with affirmations or gratitude. What am yeah. I grateful for today? And what are the three things I need to get done today? Sure. Because there's so much coming. There's so much change coming at people right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's such a great strategy, um, Terry, for when people feel overwhelmed and they feel like they have so much on their to-do list. Right. Yeah. And, and so to chunk it down into three things, cause that makes it manageable. Mm -hmm. um, and then what I would add to that is do those things first. Yes. So that they actually get done. Do the icky first. Get yeah. out of the way. Do, do yeah. those things first. And then whatever else the rest of the day brings you at the end of the day, you feel like, yeah, I got my three most important things done. And you feel really good about that. And then you can take that momentum and you can move it into the next day. I would also say identify those three things the night before. Mm -hmm. The night before. Um, because if you sit there and then the day of and you're just like, okay, what do I need to get done today? Okay. Mm -hmm. It may not be the most important mm -hmm. thing. So if you can 
the night before say, okay, if I don't get anything else done tomorrow, what's the three most important things I need to get done? And if you're one of those people that have to, like, because your job really depends on you being in the office that you work in because you're working with people all day long, mm -hmm. and if the people aren't there or they're not on Zoom, maybe you're, the, you're with the front desk of an office and one of your primary jobs is answering the phone and greeting people. If you're not answering the phone and greeting people, then yeah. turn that into something else. Greet sure. people by handwriting notes. Greet people yeah, by reaching yeah. out on the phone. And then read a book, but there do something in that workspace so that yep. you're continuing to work in that workspace. Yep. And then do something that makes your body appreciate you. So this is where I'm going to bring Carrie <laughs> in big time. Not I that she could that. be contributing <laughs> to setting goals because, I mean, <gasps> I think we're naturally goal-based. And yet sometimes we forget that sometimes we have to appreciate ourselves for the goals that we hit. Mm. Um, so. Tara, if you were, I'm at home and I don't have any weights, like I can come up with all kinds of excuses. I said, let me put it this way. I could come up with all kinds of excuses not to physically move. What's the best advice you would give somebody on movement, exercise, whatever you want to call it? Um, well, I guess first and foremost is you don't have to have weights to move. <laughs> True. Um, movement, I guess, and I get that too. People think like, I'm going to go do a workout like that typically means you would have like a yoga mat or, you know, some sort of ab mat to lay on or weights to lift. But realistically, you don't have to have those things. Um, I think a lot of times I define exercise just as movement in general, um, which that can be getting up and taking a lap, walking around, just getting your heart rate up a little bit not being stagnant where you're sitting. Um, I know my husband, he's working from home completely right now and he is not a sitter. <laughs> he is, uh, no, he's they, not. They both know him obviously and know that. He, yes, he is not, not a sitter. Nope. No. And so one thing, um, and they're on Zoom a lot. And one thing that their work is doing is they, they're challenging each other with, we're going to do this many squats this day. And so he, um, and it's a lot, it's a big number. It's like 200. Yeah. It's a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot, but it gets up and he can do every 30 minutes or every, however much he goes and does a set of 25 and it's just body weight. You don't have to have weights. Mm -hmm. um, if you stand up and you do 10 squats, 15 squats, you're going to feel that heart rate go up. Um, but there's objects you can try to use at your house as well. I've seen, um, with this whole quarantine thing going on pretty much all over the country, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media with people filling up, keeping their milk jugs and filling them with water. And <laughs> yeah. Well, a gallon of milk with water, it's going to weigh, I don't know, probably close to 10 pounds, but just something that you can use that's going to get your heart rate up. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to kill yourself to exercise. That's the biggest thing. Thank you. Would you say, yeah, and yeah, would you, then there's some of us like to overexercise. Would you, would you say like, if you could set incremental goals, let's say I do nothing, but yet I'm at home and I've got to get moving. What would you suggest that I do? Just like, Tara, I need a simple movement plan. What would you tell me to do my first week of deciding to move? So first week of deciding to move, I would say um, probably what kind of like one of the things we just talked about set a small goal first 
I think with exercise, especially if it's not something that you do typically, if you overdo it at first, you're going to make yourself so, so sore that you don't want to do it anymore. And that's not what you want. Yes, you're probably going to feel a little bit sore and soreness isn't a bad thing, um, but you don't want to be so sore that your muscles feel like they're bruised and they're not working correctly. Um, So just getting on and saying for today, I'm throughout the day, I'm going to do five sets of 10 crunches or sit up, something basic, um, a push-up, and that can be a push-up on your, with your knees down, like they call it a girl push-up. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be careful. Um, or if it's something where you can't get down on the floor, you use your kitchen counter, put your hands on your counter, walk your feet back a little bit, and do a push-up. Lower your body down, push it up, um, and go as far as you can, and come back up. Um, doing and with, if you can't do 10, do a set of five. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise, fitness, everything is, it's a very personalized thing to each person. Not everyone's gonna be able to do the same thing. And that's what's so great about it. You can modify it to what fits for you. And then as that gets easy, then you can say, hey, I can bump my number up to 10 or 15 or whatever it is. And that's how you can feel that you're getting stronger or feel that you're um, losing weight or whatever it is, but just to start off, um, maybe pick an exercise and say for this day, I'm going to get up and do five sets of this many, whether it's a crunch or a push up or a squat. And if it's, you don't know how to do a squat, um, there's a lot of videos that can teach you. And it could be, I'm going to firm a stand up. I'm going to sit down to my chair and then I'm going to stand back up mm-hmm. and I'm going to do that 10 times, just moving get yourself going and do that so many times throughout the day. And um, that can be one of your goals that you set. Like I have to get this done today and make it important. And then it becomes more of a habit the more you do it. And then you can add things to it as you go. So I have two questions for you, Tara. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, one of the values that I have around exercise is that I need to be having fun. Yes. So how can, so what are some ideas of making exercise fun instead of something that you have to do? Oh man. Um, You could reward yourself. I mean, if I get this done, I get this. Obviously you don't want to reward yourself with like a candy or something like that, but no, no cupcakes, uh, (laughs) no cupcakes. (laughs) Yeah, find find something within your home or that you get to do something later at home or, I don't know, watch a show, watch a movie, something you've been wanting to do. And if I accomplish this today, I get to do this. Um, Play loud music when you do it. Everyone loves music, right? Find something that pumps you up, (laughs) something that makes you feel those happy feelings when you feel it or hear it. And then do your exercises once you feel happy. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Something yeah, simple cool. like that. It's, yeah. it's a little harder, I feel like. And that's why I'm, I kind of had to think for a second. We're at home yeah. and it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I love working out at home personally, but, you know, yeah, it is what it is right now. We have to adjust to it. So, yeah, very true. So here's my second question. So I know that, um, I know that exercise really has an impact on um, on our level of stress and in a time in which we've been kind of confined to home where we normally wouldn't uh, it's it's obvious that our stress levels are a little higher so 
because of your, your schooling and your education, can you just talk for just a moment of why is exercise so important when it comes to helping stress levels? What does it, what does it do to the body that is, we need to understand? So when you exercise, with exercise, there's different releases of different hormones that cause um, stress or hormones control so much in our body. Um, they, you know, they can make you feel stressed. They can control your weight, whether it's weight gain or weight loss or, you know, just so many things. Um, and when you exercise, it's going to release a hormone that causes that feeling of like de-stress. You might not feel it while you're working out. But when you're done, <laughs> you'll feel better. I feel like you ask most people, um, they're like, oh, I didn't want to do it, but I'm glad I did it. I feel so much better now that I did it. And it's because yeah. that hormone's been released and it mm -hmm. has a calming effect on your body. And I know, um, again, I, I'm just going to relate to personal stuff a lot. Yeah. Me personally, I'm not a super uptight, anxious, like stressful person. Um, where my husband is a little more wound up and that's just his personality. And we've been getting up since we've been home. We're trying to do it at least three times a week. And I'm not a morning person either. <laughs> so this is, yeah, mom can tell you I'm not a morning person. Um, but getting up and we have um, like Wi-Fi monitors for our kids. Um, our kids are two and a half and 10 months. So they're still asleep. We get up early and we can go walk around the neighborhood so we can still see them they're locked in the house. Um, typically probably wouldn't do that, but we can't go anywhere else. So we're just walking around our neighborhood and we walked two miles this morning um, at before seven, like we get up at six and go. And um, I feel a lot better once I get up and do it. Um, yeah. But just, you know, finding ways to do that too. Um, but my, well, I guess what I was saying, my husband, he, when he works out, he, can feel, he's like, can really feel that difference of like mm -hmm. the anxiety levels are lower, lowering. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can get focused and get stuff done now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, and I think too, it's, it's an outflow. What, you know, what Tara said was so important. It's about what you feel when you're done. And when mm -hmm. your brain starts understanding that feeling of when you're done. And I always say on my way home from the gym or on my way home from boot camp or on, that drive home is mm -hmm. like, yes, that mm -hmm. I want to feel that every day. And yeah. here I'm having to figure that out for my walking from one room to the other after I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's creating that same. It's like creating a workout space. that's your workspace. Tara's is walking. Yours may be on your treadmill. Mine may be going in another room and going out on the back patio and doing it. And then that feeling of when I get done, it's like, now I can accomplish the rest of my day. Yeah. And some people would rather do it in the evening because it is such a stress reliever. They can take what they got from the day and mm -hmm. get it out and go yeah. to bed. Go yeah, to sleep. I, know, I know for me, it helps me sleep better too, because yeah. I'm so used to moving when I don't like consistently don't. It's like, I'm not getting energy, enough energy out of me. And then I lay in bed awake and I can't fall asleep or I can't stay asleep. And sleep is so important to your body for healing and recovering yeah. and you know when you're sick um your that your sleep is how your body heals itself like that's right it's so instrumental to our lives i don't think we realize it but then i can't sleep and then i'm exhausted and then mm -hmm. i don't want to work out because i'm exhausted and then i have to deal with the kids all day and mm -hmm. having a two-year-old that's not always fun so <laughs> 
know, you could probably, Tara, if we had people that wanted videos or if you have some even old ones that you've done that are like, just do these things. If people wanted to ask questions about that, you could probably be a resource of creating a list or something that they could do, right? Oh, absolutely. I, um, that was one thing I did, um, with clients, like before, whenever, like, well, before when we were able to meet at the gym, one thing I would do if I knew I was going to be gone for the week on like vacation or something, or I having would, a baby, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> having babies, having to take time off. I would create like write out workouts for him, but I would video myself doing it cool. and send it to them. So that way, if they had questions, they knew what the move was. Um, with them, most of my clients, I'd been working with them long enough, like we had formed down, but, um, but that way they could watch it. And if they had any questions, they could ask me or they could refer back to that video and be, and so they would know what the move was and what they were supposed to be doing. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You can overtax your body at times too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, quick tip on eating because we're going to, we're going to need to shut this down as a podcast. So if you were to give some people advice on, cause you will not use the word diet. Tara does not like that word. And, um, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. Tara. <laughs> uh, she doesn't like the word diet. So when she hears the word diet, she reframes that with everyone. Um, to help people, you know, with their intake or what they're eating or understand, like what, what would you, what would you tell people? What would be some tips you give people on eating right at home? So I guess the main thing is, and I think I learned this the most um, in college, I was fortunate growing up to have my mom who eats healthy and just does. It is her, um, lifestyle of eating. It's just how she eats and she cooked for us and we ate at home most of the time. Um, so I grew up just eating a little bit healthier and being a gymnast, we learned little bits here and there, but not that much. But when I got to college, our nutritionist that um, worked with our team, she was a former gymnast as well, but she worked with, I mean, she worked with every sport. She worked with football. She worked with basketball, gymnastics, track and field, swimming, diving, baseball, anything, any sport there was, she worked with them. And so she had to really adjust. Um, there are people who were trying to lose weight, people trying to gain weight, people trying to just maintain, you know, whatever it was. And she really kept everything simple. I think sometimes mm -hmm. when it comes to nutrition, we try to overcomplicate it. Mm -hmm. And that's where all these kind of like fad diets come in. And that's not to say that they're bad, um, but you have to find something that you can do for a long time and maintain it. So I think that's why I don't like the word diet, because to me, diet, like in my brain personally, it's like this is for a short amount of time and it's going to fix it and that's going to be better. But then if you don't keep up with that and keep doing it, you're going to see changes you might not want to see again. So that's why you've got to find something that you can make a lifestyle um, with the way you eat. And then again, too, I think when I think diet in my head, it's like you have to stick to it and you have to be perfect. And we're not perfect. Nobody is. And that's just unattainable. So you have to find something that works for you, um, a way of eating. And sometimes it's trial and error. You have to try something for a little bit. And if you're not feeling good or you're not seeing the changes that you want to see in your body, 
then you have to tweak it a little bit, figure out what you need to add in, what you need to take out, that type of stuff. But to where this way of eating, it just becomes what you do. This is your lifestyle and um, you can allot yourself, you know, days where you splurge and you don't have to be perfect, but then you know you're going to just go back to normal, which is this new way of eating or whatever. So I think keeping it back to keeping it simple, um, really looking at nutrition labels. That's one thing that I think, um, is kind of passed over a lot of times. You just buy things. You don't necessarily look at what's in it. Um, so looking at labels, learning how to read them correctly. Um, and would you say it's not even just knowing what's in it, but like you and I've talked about this for me before, it is like not just looking at one thing on the label, like I'm eating no fat. It's looking at, okay, that's great, but there's uh, 50 grams of sugar in that, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So you've got to know what's right for your body mm -hmm. based on how your body works, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's, um, that's one thing, like you said, like there might be something that on the, the packaging, it says, you know, low fat or no fat and that's great, but turn it around, read the actual label and look at the serving sizes too. Sometimes you'd be shocked that a serving size is what it's based off of. So a serving size might be like two tablespoons and you're getting this many calories, this many grams of sugar, this many car, you know, whatever it is only within that little amount. And then it's like, well, I ate way more than that amount. So that'll really help you realize what you're putting in your body is learning how to read the nutrition label, look at the serving size. That's the biggest thing is what is a serving size? Is it four chips or is it like 20 chips or crackers or, you know, whatever it is you're eating? Um, how many calories are in that serving size? How much protein, how many carbs. And then a lot of times they'll break down your carbs into your sugar and your fiber. Um, really, you know, there's a lot to it. <laughs> this is why you need a coach to help you read labels, That's right? Like example, <laughs> two tablespoons of peanut butter. I could have a steak if I wanted one. Right. So yeah. 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 Just learn really. I think that's probably the most, um, overlooked thing sometimes just really learning to look at your nutrition labels and then like we were saying too you just have to like you have to figure out what your body needs and um I know for myself I had to figure that out in college as we went from practicing you know like we said earlier <laughs> yeah I'm gonna say like 30 hours a week um to going to college NCAA they limit you to only practicing 20 hours a week with only that's still a lot, but because you're a full-time student as well, right. and so you had to get practice and, and conditioning and everything within that 20 hours. But we also were introducing weightlifting, like, like legit Olympic weightlifting, which was great. And I actually, I really love it. I think it's, it's something really good, but my body, the way my body reacted I was like gaining weight and like putting on all this muscle and we had to do body fat scans every two weeks. And so like I kept gaining weight and I was putting on like three, four pounds of muscle every like two weeks. It was insane. But I got to the point where I was like, I can't, I can't do gymnastics. Like I'm too heavy. <laughs> um, and so I really had to work with the nutritionist and be like, okay, what do I need to do? And I was also, you know, living in the dorm. So eating dorm food. 
which is cooked with lots of butter and all the stuff that I, we just didn't eat like that. So I had to really figure out like, okay, what does my body need from a nutrition standpoint and an exercise standpoint? So at that point in my life, I learned to, you know, for me counting calories, like watching my calorie intake was something easy I could control. And then um, I knew that if we were going to be doing that much weights, my body needed a little bit of extra cardio to keep me more like lean versus just super buff. Um, and that's just cause it's my body type. So, and there's nothing wrong with it. I was always a very powerful and strong person. Um, but I just had to figure out like how to make it work. And so I had to learn that about myself and it was, it was frustrating and there's a lot of tears. And, uh, I remember my parents didn't recognize me the first time they saw me walking towards them in a, a leotard, but <laughs> we thought uh, she was a wrestler in a leotard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. She looked good. Um, that just was not our daughter. So yeah, it just goes back to that. Like I said, it's just very personal. Everything's very personalized. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to figure it out. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm, you know, almost 30 and everyone says you're downhill when you turn 30. I don't think that's true, but uh, like, no, or 50. I've had, I've had two babies in, you know, two, had two babies in less than two years and been nursing and the whole nine yards. So I'm on the phase of refiguring it out now. So, yeah, I think that, I think that's a great point to end on right there. And honestly, Tara has, has used an assessment. She's used material that she's worked with clients on. In fact, she and I have even done some of this because we're two different body types. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I can't put on the awesome muscle that she easily puts on. I have to work extremely hard at even having muscle and eating better, eating things I don't love sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's all what you want. And so if there's anybody that needs resource work or needs help from her on that, you can reach out to us and we'd be ha happy to help connect you to her yeah. and gather information from her on that. Yeah, I think it's so. great. And I, I love, um, Tara, what, what you added there is this really is an individual path. And I think that's one of the mm -hmm. other things, too, when, when we have diets and we have um, – you know, other things and we're looking and we want the same results as somebody else got. And yet what we're not taking into consideration is the way our body works. And yeah. we, we've got to understand what our body needs and when it needs it. Um, and we, we really need to personalize that so that we can, what we started this out with, we can't lead other people, including those in our families, um, until we learn how to lead ourselves. And that's really, that's really what it's about. Well, and so, you know, I would suggest for action items for everybody, you know, go in and understand your work boundaries and your space boundaries. And now that you have awareness um, that that could interfere with your productivity and your mental capacity and your happiness, go figure out what those boundaries and workspace is. And it's more than just a calendar more than just a time block calendar. And I love what Debbie, you said about transition time, figure out what your transitioning is. What does it look like? What does it mean? What do I have to do to transition from one area of my life to another being in the same room, same house with the same people, you know, understand that it's a process. Um, what else would you say, Debbie, about exercise and health even? 
I think that, you know, understand that in times of stress, your body is acting differently. So what may be something that you do normally, um, you know, it, it depends on your level of stress, I think. And, and Tara, I don't know what your thoughts are with this, but I, you know, in working in the crisis field, when somebody had gone through an extreme stress, one of the things I said is, this is not the time to start changing a lot of your lifestyle and habits because you're putting your body in more stress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I think understanding that your body is acting different in a time of stress. So you may need more sleep. You may, you may need more exercise. You may need to eat less or you may need to eat a little bit more of something in order to, um, you know, to get through that and to level out your, those hormones that are going crazy, right? If we've constantly got, have that stress hormone, um, you know, going in our bodies, then our bodies are going to respond differently because our brains are telling it to respond differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to understand that. So that's what I would say. And I, you know, Tara, one of the things you've mentioned before when it comes to eating and exercise, and this just hit me, um, sometimes we don't even have a clue what we're putting in our mouth every day, what we're putting in our body. And if you really want to understand, just get an awareness around what's happening. I know Tara, when you've worked with clients before, you've had them keep a journal and it's not a good or bad journal. It's just write down what you're doing, write down what you're Mm -hmm. eating, write down how much, because you weren't able to coach or train them until you understood where they were. And that's just the Mm -hmm. point of beginning. So that might be a great action item too. Yep. You can do that with eating or with even with movement. Like Debbie said, Mm -hmm. if you're not a normal exerciser, but you are feeling all this stress, like adding, trying to add that into your routine might not be like the best idea. Yeah. But that could just mean like when you are feeling those moments of tense and stress, just get up and walk a lap somewhere. Just take a few minutes to clear your head so that you can come down before you try to get back to what you're doing. Right. And if you're home, include those kids on the exercise. There's all kinds of Disney Plus videos with exercise on it, I think, is what I heard. <laughs> They're on YouTube. <laughs> on YouTube. There you go. All, all right. right. Well, cool. thank you, Tara. Her yes. first podcast or Zoom appearance, I think. It other is. Other than. Well, th- there you go. You did, you did great. Thank you, you know. for, thank you for making uh, Matters of Influence your first. Ooh. Ooh. I should have worn my shirt. Yes, you should have. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. So thank you for listening to us in the Matters of Influence podcast. We hope you will subscribe to our podcast and share on social media, share us on social media with all your friends. Um, And for more, you can go to mattersofinfluence.com, our website, and we also have a Facebook page. Yes, we do. And that might be a great place for us to post some of those resources, Tara, uh, uh, to post that on our website. So we'll see if we can get that, that posted. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Please give us some feedback and rate, uh, rate us. And until next time, be the best you that you can be. Bye, guys. 